Well, we're so glad that you guys are here to join us and to um, be a part of this Christmas celebration. You know, everything is different this year. Uh, so we had to get creative. We had to try some new things. But we're just so glad that we're able to share this with you here today. Um, I wanted to start real quick before we jump into the message just by kind of setting us up with the Christmas story uh, just, just a little bit. And I'm reading um, from the Gospel of Luke. And we're just going to look uh, narrowed in at Mary and Joseph and Jesus's narrative right before Ryan leads us. We're going to start reading in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, In the sixth hour, sorry, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, on the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, a child will be born, and he will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. This is in the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And then skipping to Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Let's open in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are here on this cold turn beautiful evening to celebrate your arrival, your, your entrance on the scene in the flesh. Lord, today is, is so much more than just a, a cute story with tinsel already on it. Today is the story that reminds us of your presence, of your compassion for humanity, and of your plan of redemption. This is proof of your first step into redeeming our world and redeeming us. Lord, we thank you for your love that we celebrate today. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. How are you? Man, the brave. You saw the rain at your house and you still came here anyways. 
Man, uh, and by the way, just to, if this tent lifts up and blows away, don't worry, I'll keep going. You do not have to worry about it. Um, I just uh, really quick want to welcome all of our family and friends. I know I've met a few of you. Uh, my name is Ryan Grable. I'm the lead pastor here. And, you know, Soundhouse, we, you know, we believe that it's not a location. The church is not a location. So we're here and we're having church. And so uh, if you have any questions, um, obviously a family or friend who brought you uh, can answer questions, but feel free to ask us, let us know. We do this every Sunday, so we are thankfully allowed to permit right now and be able to have these weekly gatherings. We just know that, it, you know, for those who've maybe been out of church, maybe even since March, it is an important thing. And I know for some it's not comfortable, but we want to invite you to come join us on Sundays and just kind of get the sense of what church is hearing the gospel, being in community, and staying connected. So uh, you can find all the information on our website and uh, our app and uh, on social media. So um, I, I know that uh, Chad prayed really quick. And so I, could I just ask real quick to maybe just if we could just have a very direct prayer for our Christmas, Christmas right now for a lot of our families. Uh, you know, we've been in this series about how Christmas is so radically different that for a lot of people, it's been a hard adjustment. So let's just pray for our family. Be mindful, if you could, of thinking of people you know that definitely just need prayer right now in your life. And let's just pray. God, we love you. We thank you. God, you are a gracious God. And we are here today celebrating what became the greatest gift that humanity ever has experienced. And God, we're here today because of our life change. God, we're here be today because of the foundation that you put in our life that determines the decisions we make, that determines our security in you. And God, it has lit a flame in our heart uh, and give us an, a, pur a purpose and a passion um, that we maybe have never had prior to knowing you, Jesus. And so, God, we thank you for today. I, we just pray for our family members. We pray for our friends uh, who may be in a difficult spot, God, who could be in a place where they just need our love, support, and prayer right now, God. And so our hearts go out to them and our prayers go to them. God, let your hand be on them. And, and as we are celebrating with our families tonight and friends, God, or even tomorrow, just be with us, God. Just let that joy of Christmas really spring up in our hearts, God. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, tonight, we're definitely doing this. We're preparing our hearts for Christmas. This, this is what our Christmas Eve service is about. This is why we gather. And Advent is this season, if you've heard the term, it's just a season of preparation for an appreciation of what Christ did in our life. It builds in anticipation. So when Christmas comes, we feel the weight of Christ coming in our life. And so we've been in this series on Advent right now. And, you know, we do a lot of traditions to get in the Christmas mood. I don't know about you. We go and walk Naples, which uh, is amaz amazing to do. It gets you in the spirit. You put Christmas music on and everybody gets annoyed because it's 24 hours a day. You make Christmas cookies. You, I mean, you name it. We have our traditions that get us in the mood. Tonight, our family, we go home. And we uh, have a family gift, and it's just, uh, it's pajamas for everybody. It's the same thing every year, but it's just kind of like this thing that just builds this anticipation for us for Christmas. And 
you know, that's what we want to establish. We don't want to leave today without us as a church just so grateful, so, so in awe of what God's done in our life that we have to celebrate today. And that Christmas can be a lot of things, but the thing that is the most important thing that we always have to remind ourselves is that Christ came, light came into the world, and it changed the world forever. Every Christmas Eve service, I always like to look up different cultures, see how they practice Christmas. And I found two that I think were really interesting, just because sometimes you wonder, why do we do the practices we do? And it's, sometimes it's good to look at why we do them. And, you know, we have a lot of things that we do around Christmas that don't necessarily revolve around Christ's birth. Uh, in Iceland, they have a really unique one, and it's called the Yule Cat, if you love, you know, Icelandic culture. And what it is, is they have this Yule Cat that was a legend that they would say came around, a giant cat that came around around Christmas. And what they found is centuries later, it's very traditional to get a pair of new clothing for everybody in Iceland. And, they, and a lot of times people are like, oh, this, this is part of our culture. But it comes back from a tradition that was farmers said, hey, if you get attacked by the Yule cat, so you got to go out and work, don't be afraid. We'll buy you a set of clothes and we'll get them ahead of time. So we have traditions. We don't know where we do them, but they're just there. And I think for us with, with ours, we want to make sure that we're remembering why we have Christmas, why we're celebrating, why we're here today. Today is all about preparing our heart for this joyous thing that came into our life. And tonight, we're definitely going to do that. Uh, I want to cover why we celebrate Christmas. And I, I know you can say, yeah, the birth of Christ, and that's great, and we understand that. But I think sometimes it's good to kind of dig a little deeper about what we're celebrating, why we are celebrating it. And so I would say this is it's really important for us maybe to read the small passage and it has to do with the birth of Christ. It will pick up from where Chad just read. It starts in Luke 2, 8, and we're going to look at that very first night of what I would say the first people who encounter the good news outside of Joseph and Mary are these shepherds. But you got to hear what happens in their hearts and what they do with this information. It's a good reminder for us about Christmas. It said... Uh, in Luke uh, 2, uh, 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in a field nearby, uh, guarding their flock uh, of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord uh, appeared among them. The radiance of the glory of God surrounded them, and they were terrified. The angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news, and it will bring great joy to all people. The, sa uh, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, he has been born today in Bethlehem, this small, little, obscure town. And it says, and you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby just wrapped in these uh, little strips of clothing, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel, and here's what's an important moment, is where all of heaven is celebrating this moment. It's a big deal. The angels joined with a vast host of others and the armies of heavens praising God, saying glory to God in the highest peace on earth, and to those whom God is pleased. And when the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, we got to go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that happened 
which the Lord told us about, they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and there was a baby lying in a manger. And here's the important takeaway. After seeing him, the shepherds told everybody that they, that what had happened and what the angel had told them and what he had done. And I, and I think that my reminder for all of us as a church is that in this time right now in our life, Christmas is, a, a, I think, a launching point and a stepping point for even just in the next year, is that our response to the miracle of Christ in our life, our response to what Jesus did in our life that he came, is to go and tell everyone. And they were not ashamed. They were not worried. All they thought is, like, this can't stay with us. We've got to go, and we've got to share it. I titled this message, Christmas Lights, and why we really celebrate Christmas. And uh, I titled it Lights for a specific reason, especially for our closing, is one of the reasons, I have three of them, why we celebrate Christmas, why today's a big deal, why tomorrow in the morning, if you get a moment to set aside and just say, God, thank you. Thank you for John 3.16. God, thank you for Christ coming at a very hard time. And those parents and Mary who delivered Christ in a manger, like at a very difficult time, God, thank you for all the sacrifice for me in my life. But we celebrate the moment Christmas the moment our world saw light for the first time. The way that God lays it out in Scripture is that the world was dark and there was no real spiritual path for humanity. And so in a dark world, it sees light for the first time. And so this is why the, 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 the light of Christ has exploded all over the world because light is shining where there was darkness, where there was blindness, people have sight. And so for the first time, that's when heaven's light shine officially. And that's a reason to celebrate Christmas. And that's why we look at this moment and mark it. I was reading about the very first Christmas tree lighting. The very first Christmas tree lighting came from uh, Thomas Edison's assistant, this guy named Edward Johnson. And Edward Johnson just had an idea because Christmas trees were becoming popular. He was on 36th Street in New York City in, the, in like the 1800s. And he said, you know what? This would be really great if we'd stop putting candles on trees because that's what they used to do. And they, well, they would just catch on fire sometimes. And why don't we just light it with this miracle we have, which is electricity? And so Edward Johnson did it. He put it in his window at 36th Street. And 36th Street became the most popular street in the entire city. They wrote about it in the newspaper. People would say there was 120 light bulbs that shined. And we, people lined up all over in blocks. And they watched the lighting of this tree. Now, I say this story for a reason because it was the first time something like that, a light had shined like that, and it went nationwide. I think that's a little bit of what Christ did. It happened, and something amazing happened. The first time someone saw a light like this, and it spread. Isaiah, it's a, it's a, it's a passage in the Old Testament. And it's a passage that talks about what we're going to experience when Christ comes, and so the people were ready. Isaiah 9, 20, uh, 9 verse 2, it says, The people who walk in darkness, which would be all of us at one point, have seen a great light. And those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, and some of us have been there, of deep darkness, or known people who've been in a deep, dark place, 
and on them the light shined as well. And this is the good news of Christ is that he is no respecter of person. You don't have to be the most upstanding person in the world to then finally be honored to be considered a Christian. You don't have to be a good person and then Christ chooses you. Like, he will find you in the deepest, darkest place. And some of us, I know your story, he found you there. And you found Christ in in a dark place, but he shined on you, this light. John 12, Jesus says this himself in verse 46. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not have darkness, that, that this is why I came, for light. So you don't have to be in darkness anymore. You don't have to know what's in your future. You don't have to know what's ahead of you. You don't have to... You don't have to wonder and feel around and wondering if there's a purpose and a plan or wonder why internally we're always unsatisfied. You don't have to wonder anymore. He says, I've come for something great. So if you're going to give God a present this year, when we think about the first time light came into the world, is this, I would say this, remember his sacrifice that it took to do it. And remember God's love that he gave to make it happen. And remember Christ's journey of him being born to his death. And remember that journey he had and what he taught and who he was. That's a good present, if you will, to God, a good gift of appreciation for the season and to celebrate the birth. The second thing is this, why we celebrate is we celebrate a light that brought life and guidance into your personal life. And so when we step back amongst all of the activities we have going in our life, and maybe even this season for a lot has been a very important reflective season in our life about what, where were we going with our life before everything happened in March anyways. And maybe we've been able to step back and ask ourselves some serious questions about how, how, how is our walk with God? How is our faith? What have we been putting our trust and faith in? Maybe now this is a good season to do this and go, Man, I want to celebrate this year about the life and the guidance that Christ gives in our life daily. You were once dead, and you rose. That's a miracle. Like, I can't get any simpler and more complex than that. You were once dead, and you rose. You're a walking miracle of what God has done. You could have had a different direction. I, would be, I could hear a different backstory from you. But Christ altered your life and changed your life and has guided you somewhere new. So this Christmas, the greatest gift you're, you're, you're looking at him when you look in the mirror is a miracle that took place in your life. I was thinking about this time. I shared it a couple of Easter's ago about this time we had this cat. And it was our family cat. We love this cat. And um, we sadly thought that our cat had, had died and someone had run over our cat. And it was a big deal. Our kids were crying. They were very young. And it was, a, it was like just the greatest tragedy. And so we had taken her and we had uh, uh, dug a grave and we did a whole funeral and we wrote letters and we said goodbye. We went to church. We came back. And there our cat was on our door resurrected. Like, it, it, it didn't really happen, so don't, don't get weirded out. Um, 
we, we, we just didn't even know what to do. It was like an amazing moment. I had for a second thought, has our, <laughs> has our cat come back from the dead? Like, this, I don't even know what to think about it. Or is it like Pet Cemetery, and I should be worried? I didn't know what was quite happening. And when we went up, it was definitely our cat. And um, we had realized that we, we buried another cat. And it wasn't our cat. And we mourned over another cat. And it looked like our cat. It's a weird experience. But I remember the moment of feeling like a miracle just happened. And I don't know if you've felt that in a while. Or if you've experienced it. But sometimes I feel like we look in the mirror and we don't realize what's looking back at us is a life that's changed by God. An absolute miracle. Like, look at your life decisions post-Christ. An absolute miracle. Look at the people's stories around you you know that are believers. A miracle took place in their life. And so this is a season not just to... Like chance said, just have a cute moment about Christmas and its traditions, but it's a real moment to re- really look and go, wow, you performed a miracle in my life. Look at all the decisions I've made that are different because of you, God. Look at the morality I put in my life. Look at the values I have now. Look at the security I have in my life in eternal. First John 1.17, a little bit later in the New Testament, one of the apostles, he writes this. He says, but if we walk in the light, and this is maybe what you have been experiencing, as he is in the light, meaning Jesus, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, or sorry, his son cleanses us from all sin. And so if you're in the light, the grace, the mercy, the unconditional favor in your life, regardless of how bad you may feel about yourself, regardless of how past the point of how could God love me, you may feel about yourself, you are covered by his sacrifice. So Christ came, yes, to be born, but ultimately to die for something much, much bigger than we ever probably would have thought. William Penn, um, one of the very early influencers of our democracy, he was a very religious person, if you don't know this. He was a borderline scholar and a passionate believer. And here's what he wrote. That's interesting when we think about what Christ has done in our life. He said, the way, like the cross, is a spiritual one. The whole Christ coming was a spiritual one. The cross was a spiritual work, and our life is a spiritual work. And he said, that is an inward submission of the soul to the will of God, as it is manifested by the light of Christ in the, in, the, in the conscience of people, though it be contrary to our own intentions, meaning that the light shines so bright and the work that happens in you is even, even contradictory to what our intentions, the way, what we want to do. It's so bright in our life and we're all have testimonies of that. So this Christmas, if you want to give God a present, if you want to give him gratitude, I would thank God this Christmas for the gift of light in your life. And I would definitely thank him for his grace, the fact that you have a new hope and that you are absolutely covered by a work of love. And so 
it's a moment maybe tomorrow, maybe tonight you can say, God, thank you. Even in this, this moment we're celebrating your birth, it was your death that changed me. And it was God, your love that sent that. The last thing is this, is that we celebrate with Christmas the light that we have to shine and share with other people. Christmas is a, is a moment where we, we can maybe get caught up in maybe just ourselves. But, but even around the Christmas giving season, we're, we're thinking of other people. But sometimes even in our own faith, we can't forget that it's a giving season in our life and how we share our faith. It's a giving season about how we spread light and share the gospel with other people. It can't just be about what Christ did for us, but it's about what he gave us to give to other people to share. I love a person when I'm looking for something. This is pre-cell phone back in the day who said, you know, I got a flashlight in my car and I'm like, oh, thank God. Do you know that person who's always prepared when you're, you know, very ill-prepared and you're trying to fix something and they, and they go, I got a flashlight. That light is like salvation when you need it. And now it's amazing with cell phones because I can have like five lights on it. But I just remember those moments of I, I was absolutely lost, especially if you have car trouble at night or you've lost something and someone shows up with a light. It's a simplistic example I'm giving, but it's very true when someone shows up in a way that actually is kind to you when you haven't felt kindness in a long time. And they say, this comes from not me, it comes from somewhere else. Or when you're generous in a way, someone says, I can't give anything back. And you're like, no, 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 you understand. I've been given enough and I give because of the generosity shown to me by Christ. I have to give. Like that light that shows up in someone's life or hope that someone's been feeling so unsatisfied in their life. And you're like, listen, I've tasted something. I've seen something and I'd like to share it with you. And it may be who Christ is and what he did in your life. This is the time of the year to be thinking, giving in a spiritual sense and being a light in a spiritual sense and about others. Now let's go back to Edward. This is a fascinating part of the story because I can't just end on Edward, the guy who lit the first Christmas tree. So Edward started a movement that we all are participating in today. Edward Johnson with his first Christmas tree, his brilliant 120 lights that went nationwide has turned into a phenomenon that 80 million homes are doing now in America. I couldn't believe it, but 150 million sets of lights are sold every year in America. 6% of our national energy budget, the usage goes to lighting Christmas lights, right? It was a massive change during, this, during the season of December. And I think that, that, that when I look at Christianity from the first light that ever shone, I look at the same kind of trajectory. That there's two billion people in the world that are believers. I look at the people around me and I see I'm a life. People I know, you guys, 2,000 years later, we're a part of something that, that, that probably people didn't understand or the apostles understood is that there's a light that shined. We have this light and we must go give this light. You're here in your faith because of that light being shared 
from person to person over generation over generation. And here we are today in Long Beach, California, or something that started in the Middle East thousands of years ago, just like Edward Johnson's Christmas tree. Our goal, our best thing you can ever say thank you to God with is to go out and share that light. It can be in a smile as subtle as that. It can be in an encouraging word. It can be in a mindful phone conversation of I'm just thinking of you. You're on my heart. It can be in generosity. It can be in just showing someone kindness who does not deserve kindness. But you can tap into the light inside of you that Christ gave this life to give something you don't have, but you can give what he gave you. I would say this is our Christian witness for sure. Keeping the light bright and telling others about it, that's what it's all about. And I would say this, those in like a cultural darkness, share your light and bring your light. Light shines brightest when it's the darkest. We should not be afraid to go to the dark places in our own life and in the lives of others. We should not be afraid of that because the light you have gets brighter as it goes. In hopeless hearts, and I would say in those in need, shine your light. That's what this season's about. It's about taking, appreciating, and giving. I'll read this last passage, Matthew 5, 14. Jesus says to his people, us too, you are the light of this world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be, it should not be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed at the stand so it can light everything so everyone can see. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out to, for all to see. Ultimately, so everyone will praise our Heavenly Father that a great work was done and He did it. My encouragement as we close is the greatest gift you can give God is by sharing your light that you have with others. Paying that forward to the world that Christ came and died for. You have something like those shepherds and they didn't walk away and go, let's hold this to ourselves. This is kind of weird. They shared it with everybody and told everybody, increase that light in your life and share it with other people. That will be a great present to God this Christmas. So in closing, if you wouldn't mind, bow your heads. And if it's not too windy and we can light these candles, if not, Chad, I understand, but maybe we can give it a shot. If it blows out, then that doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. Just, it just happened. But let's bow our heads and let's pray. And then let's start an opportunity where we can watch, maybe in a physical way, what our light does and how we have light and how it passes to another person and passes to another person. And maybe, oh, thanks, Chad. It can illustrate in a physical way, like those Christmas lights on a Christmas tree we talked about, the expansion of light and how contagious it is. So let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you, God, as we hold this light in front of us, God, as long as it's lit, God. Um, God, we hold this light as a representation of, of what you've done in our life. We're an individual person with an individual flame. You came for us as individuals, but as the world itself. God, you asked us to work with you in the redemption of this world and to share light wherever we go. God, you came into a world that was full of darkness and you began to spread light everywhere. 
And so God, help us this Christmas season be a people who just take the time to give you the gifts that you would appreciate. And that is a glory for what you did and a gratefulness for what you did in our life. And God, an increase of our light in sharing it with other people because God, we have something that's not supposed to be hidden. We have something that's supposed to be shared. And so God, this Christmas season, God, we together as your people want to shine our light to everyone in every way, in every place, wherever we can. And that would be the greatest gift that we could give you. And so we love you. And Jesus, we thank you for coming and living and dying for us. It's a sacrifice, a sacrifice, God, that we are very, very grateful for. So we love you. And so God, as we take our candles and as we reflect on them today, God, let us be light everywhere, every place, to every person. And let us remind ourselves when it feels dark around us, we have the greatest light that this world has ever seen born 2,000 years ago that lives in us today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.